Christianity, the religion based on the person and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth, or its beliefs and practices. This week, we're talking about spiritual imposter syndrome. Yeah, we may have just coined that term, but hey, it fits. We're talking about whenever we spend a little too much time comparing ourselves to others and questioning, are we really Christians at all? Check it out. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle a calling, and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 30. This week, we're talking about those interesting times in life where some days you feel like you are just like not a Christian at all. You're not sure what you believe. You're not sure why you believe it. You're just questioning everything. And the next day, you feel like you're some kind of like, I don't know, spiritual know-it-all who just gets on everyone's nerves. I think this is a common issue a lot of us come to when we're trying to figure out who we are in Christ throughout our walk with Christ. And uh, yeah, we're going to touch on that a little bit and just share a couple firsthand experiences on that. But before we dive into that, we're going to give you a quick reminder about our Facebook community group. This is where the conversation happens after the little red blinking light stops blinking, at least on our end. Yep, after the show, you can catch us there all through the week. Start conversations, jump in on conversations, keep the conversation going because you have a voice too, and we want you to be a part. There is also an active blog on TheRecklessPursuit.com, so be sure and go and check that out. And also, if you have not done so, and you feel so inclined and enjoy the content being provided to you, we ask that you go up there and hit that subscribe button. It helps keep you notified when we have new shows and things like that, and it uh, you know helps us out too with the rankings, and we appreciate it because we want more people to be able to join in and, and uh, you know, be a little reckless. So let's get right into today's topic on who the heck are we? Elaine, take it away. So have you ever felt like you were this super strong Christian? You knew the answer to everything. You had scripture to point you back to whatever you're dealing with, anybody coming to you with advice, you're like, boom, this is the Bible. This is what I'm relying on. I'm putting all my trust and faith in this. God is great. God is good. And he's got me. But then the next day you wake up in a panic saying, is God even real? Does he really have me? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I don't know if I even believe in scripture. What does scripture mean? Do you ever have those moments where you're just like, I don't know if I'm even a Christian or can call myself a Christian. Yeah, I think it's interesting. We have a lot of back and forth in our walk with Christ. I think, so there's a, uh, you know, we kind of, our, our show is, is, I mean, it's geared toward Christians, but it's geared toward Christians who want to ask questions, uh, who want to push the boundaries of their Christianity, and, and people who are naturally drawn to that. So if you're listening to this show or 
uh, have been listening to this show, you most likely have those unctions of you want to push the boundaries of your faith. You want to grow in Christ and not just in the way that someone tells you to grow. You want to grow authentically in a real way. And so we naturally are inclined to want to push the boundaries of our faith. And some days, uh, it just so happens that that looks like uh, being this terrible Christian where you just don't, you're questioning everything. You're questioning what uh, is my church teaching me? You're questioning, uh, has what I've been reading all along, is that really what it's saying? Uh, why do we do what we do? And and sometimes you feel like you just come off, across as this uh, contra, like controversial, contradicting person who's just a thorn in people's flesh. And sometimes it's it can be um, overwhelming. Sometimes it can almost bring you this weird sense of isolation. Sometimes it can even bring you joy. Like, I know that's kind of bad, but like sometimes you enjoy being that person. It's like, hey, like, why do we think like this? You know, and that's okay. But uh, sometimes it can it can lead you into some interesting things. And I think that as Christians who question things, a lot of times one of the things we question the most is our self and our walk with Christ. And it's one of those things is, is asking questions wrong? And of course, I, I don't think it's wrong to ask questions. I think it's actually the whole point of the gospel is to ask questions. But we find ourselves in this uh, cycle of asking these things and probably getting under some people's skin. You have to be careful who you talk to, who you trust. I mean, this is how I feel, at least I'm sharing my feelings. Like, I have to be careful of, like, who I'm venting this to, who I'm telling these things to, because... Uh, I want good, honest feedback, but I also want people who understand me who don't think that I'm just flying off the deep end or who are going to come back at me with like, well, the Lord, well, okay, yeah, I, I get what the Bible says, but I'm trying to understand a new perspective of it and make sure I have the right perspective of it because maybe I do and maybe I don't. There are some things that we've been taught for a very long time that just are probably skewed a little bit, and then there's other things that are rooted in truth, and you're trying to pick through those things. And then on the flip side, you have days when you feel like uh, you are so close with God that you have got to be driving everyone up the wall because of how super spiritual you're being. Someone posts something on Facebook of, oh, I'm in such and such predicament. And you just want to get on there. And you're like, the Lord is good and he has you and this and that. And you realize like, man, I sound so much like some of these other people that get on under my skin like any other day of the week. And I just find it interesting that people who actively ask questions, it seems like we cycle back and forth from that. We were talking a little bit about this on the way home yesterday, uh, Elaine and I, where I asked her basically just out, just, you know, out there in the open. I'm like, do you ever have this feeling? Am I alone in this? And she's like, no, I have that pretty regularly. Sometimes I have it all in the same day. Sometimes I'm the super strong Christian, and then sometimes I'm like, is God even real, like, in the same hour? And it's almost like spiritual imposter syndrome in a weird way, like, because, Elaine, explain a little bit about You just coined syndrome. that term. I know. I just, we just made that up. We're diagnosing <laughs> people here on The Reckless Pursuit. Spiritually. Do you have spiritual imposter syndrome? What are the side effects, or what are the, what are the symptoms of spiritual imposter syndrome, Elaine? Well, the symptoms of imposter syndrome is whenever you have like 
you're super successful, but you don't feel it. Like you've done all these great, amazing things and people look up to you, but you feel like you're going to be found out and that you're a fraud and that you actually don't know what the crap you're talking about. And so I think what spiritual imposter syndrome would be is people look up to you because of how strong you are in your faith, but in actuality, you don't even know if you have faith. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes you feel like, man, I have, I've really got this thing figured out. And then you like kind of back up and look at the big, the big picture and realize, wow, there's a lot I don't know yet. There's a lot I'm still trying to figure out. There's a lot that I feel like I've been taught that maybe I, I don't quite understand, or maybe it's not being conveyed to me with a hundred percent accuracy. And I have to go back and reevaluate this and relearn some of these things. And you feel like a spiritual imposter where you're out there trying to show the love of Christ and all along you're kind of sitting there like, am I even good enough to be doing this? And then sometimes you're out there and you feel like you're bold as a lion and then all of a sudden you realize, wait, am I part of the problem being overly bold, overly zealous? I mean, you think about uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 where it says, like, do not be overrighteous, neither be overwise. Why destroy yourself? And so you think about, like, I'm trying to seek out all this information, but at the same time, am I just causing myself more problem because I'm trying to find answers to things because I want to know Christ, but at the same time, Am I confusing myself more? It reminds me of a song called Wonder by the Classic Crime. Great album. Yeah. Where Very controversial. Yeah. Where you're basically, he's basically asking himself like, what have I done? I've sought after this so hard that have I lost my original gaze, my original focus. And I think that's where it's important to draw ourselves back and take a big look at who we are. And we have to keep tabs on those roots, on those main things to focus on. So what are you super confident in your faith about and that you know, like, this is true, like, I believe this? And then what are some other things that you find yourself questioning a lot? You know, honestly, right now, I'm questioning almost everything. Um, and I, the what I mean by that is, like, I'm very confident in who Jesus is. I'm very confident in, you know, God and in in who he is and who he is to me and in his power and his love toward me. Uh, I'm confident in my sonship of his, that I am his creation and that he actually does care about me. Uh, something that I am realizing, and this is, this is, I don't know, this may sound controversial. I realize that I'm unique but I also realize that I'm just a piece. And and that's something that's hard for me because I'm someone who loves being unique, loves being different, who loves to stand against the grain, uh, out from the crowd, doesn't Same. like to go with the flow. And I realize like that's important, but I'm just one unique, well, to quote a line from a Fleet Foxes song, I'm one functioning cog in some great machinery serving something beyond me. And that's okay. That's a good thing. I have my very important part to play, but I don't play the whole picture. You know, it's not my job to save everyone. 
it's my job to influence the area and the influence that God has given me. I am not big enough to impact everyone, but I'm I'm chosen enough to impact those around me for the better, and then they can impact someone else, and, and we can all work together. And I think uh, something that I'm questioning a lot is just, is everything that I've been doing throughout my life, like, why do I do it the way I do it? I think about whenever I was in youth, and uh, I grew up AG, Assembly of God, you know, all the Pentecostals, uh, you know, all the Pentecostals in the house, whoo, whoo, yeah, you know, Jericho, March Around the Church, whatever. No idea what you're talking about, but yeah. you know. And so, like, I remember I was at a Luis Palau festival in downtown Little Rock, and uh, he had mentioned something about Baptists, and, like, at the time, I had come out of a Baptist church and had a really bad experience at a Baptist church, and so, like, I had a stigma against them. And, like, one of the things in the AG church that I was in was we almost kind of poked fun at the Baptists because they didn't get off their hands is the way mm-hmm. we viewed them. And so, okay, like, whatever. I remember um, being that kid who, like, made the comment whenever Luis Plow made something, like, a comment about a Baptist or whatever. I was like, oh, a Baptist. And I kind of said it with that, like, redundant tone. And I remember, like, a couple behind me getting, like, very offended like, they didn't say anything to me. I was a kid. Well, I was a teenager. But they didn't say anything to me, but I could visually see it on their face. And I remember thinking to myself, like, well, maybe that'll, like, encourage them to get out of their comfort zone. And then I was like, wow. As I got older, I'm like, Rude. I was a spiritual douchebag. Rude. Okay. Like, Rude. <laughs> I was like, that is terrible. Like, that is garbage. Who am I? And I realized, like... There's so much, and that's just such a tiny piece of where I'm at right now, but there's so much um, politics played on us in religion. You know, you have, like, you think political, you think uh, Republican or Democrat, left-leaning, right-leaning, pinning against each other. And uh, the same thing is kind of with denominationalism and and a lot of segments of the church. Kind of going back to the episode with uh Christopher Flatt talking about Catholicism versus uh, versus Protestantism. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of back and forth to different denominations in the church where they're kind of pinned against each other. And I realized, like, I'm not helping that situation. Jesus showed love, and it really challenged me recently in the last you know couple years to to look back and and try to realize like who is Christ to me. Who is Christ in reality versus just what I've been told about him? And, and to just, you know, it seems a little cliche, but to make a real experience out of out of Christ and getting to know him on a personal level versus just knowing him from what someone else says. And, and yeah, I had a personal relationship with God, but I filtered my relationship with God through all of these screens. And this first screen may have been something I learned at church camp. The second screen may have been something I learned at this church or that denomination or this place or that place. And those screens were put there by people to protect me, to filter out the bad. But in the process, it kind of filtered out some of the good too. Like, I don't know if this makes any sense, but it's kind of like a water filter, how, you know, if you filter it too much, you get all the minerals out too and like 
know if that makes sense or not, but that's just an analogy in my head is like you can filter something too much and just leave it kind of lifeless and bare. And, uh, and that's kind of where I feel like I've been and I'm having to undo some of those screens. And it's scary because you're like, well, you're opening yourself up. You're being vulnerable. You can let the bad things through. Well, Jesus is a good enough screen. The Bible is a good enough screen. We don't have to add extra screens on top of it to sift through the bad. I mean, he gave us the perfect one already. And so I'm trying to undo those old cliches and kind of get back to the root of, of what Jesus says and, and who he is and, and out of all this other crap that we cover him up to try to view him through. Something that I've kind of been struggling with and questioning is what church looks like, what true church looks like. And um, somebody had posted something on Facebook the other day um, asking, like, can you be a good Christian without going to church? And there's a couple people who said, you know, no, to be a Christian, you have to go to church. Um, They even said, one person had said, um, if you don't enjoy church, then do you think you'll enjoy heaven because that's all you'll be doing? And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because I don't like church right now, but I mean, I think I'm going to love heaven. There's no possible way heaven is like churches now because heaven's perfect. Mm-hmm. And like, I understand church is full of sinners and blah, blah, blah. And like, I get all that, those excuses. I mean, I know all that stuff. Like, I get all that. But if heaven is anything, if... Why would God have created earth in the first place if all he wanted us to do was inhabit a building and worship him? I mean, earth was intended to be what heaven is going to be. It was intended to be perfect. It was intended to be uh, a grand thing. It was intended to be with him walking with Adam in the garden and and creation freely. And so I just, heaven's not going to be just like church. Yes, there's worship, but... You know, the Bible says that we worship with everything that we do, and everything we worship Christ. So, whatever. Carry on. Sorry. Yeah, and so, like, I'm questioning, like, what that even looks like. What does community look like? What purpose does church serve? And honestly, I think church is important, but I think church is a community, a group of people gathered together and hanging out and talking about God and worshiping God. But that doesn't look like perfect stage lights and perfect bookmarks for upcoming events and all that stuff. And so many times, I don't know if this is like this in the north, because I know there are a lot less churches in the north than there is in the southern belt. But so many churches make it less about God and more about pleasing other people yeah and i am just not a people pleaser but there are so many churches who spend more money on lasers and light shows than they do pouring into people yeah and it's all about the performance aspect and making everything flow perfect to fit around people's perfect little schedules and their perfect little life i think church is about pouring into people and loving those around them being there for the good moments and the bad and that doesn't necessarily look like attending a, the same building at the same time on the same day each week. 
So what is uh, what gives rise to spiritual imposter syndrome? Because I know a lot of times people say like social media and stuff like that is what kind of has caused imposter syndrome, where it's this, um, help me out here because you're better at this than I am. Like what has given rise to imposter syndrome? Probably social media, like you said, because people are constantly seeing other people's successes and comparing themselves to other people. And then they think like, oh, well, I'm not really that good. I'm not really that trained or educated to do the things that I'm doing. And people look up to me, but honestly, like I'm just winging it. Right. And so that's where I want to go with this. Because spiritual imposter syndrome, what has given rise to that? You think about the culture we have created in so many churches across the United States. And I'm not just pinpointing churches. I'm talking like the whole Christian United States, Western faith that we have called Christianity of we have done this whole thing where we try to compare ourselves of, Oh, that person's further along than I am, or I wish I could be as spiritual as so-and-so, or I need to compare my, they're my spiritual role model, my spiritual godfather, you know, my spiritual, this spiritual, that, um, because we, we compare ourselves to other people's walks with Christ And what we don't even realize is Christ is with us right where we are at in our questions, in our muck, in our grime, helping us through our current situations, our current needs, our current current goals and trying to understand. But we see all these other people. We see uh, these worship pastors with their hipster outfits singing about Jesus, and they just have these perfect uh, enunciations and they float, quote unquote, flow in the spirit so well, which is, which is a fancy word. A lot of times, mind you, uh, and I'm a worship pastor, so I know I'm walking uh, thin ice here, but so many times uh, this quote unquote, following the lead of the spirit isn't actually that. It's more of like what churches want you to do to engage the congregation, if that makes sense. So it's like, these buzzwords you can use. There's so much spiritual jargon that doesn't even mean anything. Right. And so it's like this, I don't know, you can just listen to some stuff and it's just full of it. I'm not saying it's all fake or anything like that. I'm just saying when when the spirit moves, you'll know you ain't got to make that stuff up. So you ain't got to lead him by the hand. He's leading you. And that's something that, that's a whole other topic that I can just rant and rave. But, you know, you don't lead the spirit by the hand. He takes you by the hand and leads you. And that's the kind of the point of the whole Christian faith business. So we keep trying to, you know, baby him in the door when he's already there doing his work. So we have this rise of spiritual imposter syndrome because we're comparing ourselves to every other person who just looks the part of Christian. And you know what I'm talking about uh, currently right now. The trend is guy with skinny jeans, boots, flannel, hipster haircut with beard. I know, I just described myself. I know, I know, I know, I know. Minus the tattoos. Yeah, I don't have tattoos. For now. But, uh, yeah. And then you have girl, Flowey Shaw, um, leggings, but shirt covers butt. So it's okay. Uh, Hair, like, wavy with weird, like, hippie sack. I don't know what those things are called. I'm not good with, what is that, band? Headband? Yeah, headband. (laughs) And, like, hands, hands in the air. So- talking softly to the Lord. And like Elaine's over here, like, give me metal music and shut up. Yes. <laughs> and so 
That's right. We, like, that's cool. If that's your style, that's okay. If that's your influence, like, I get it. I look the part of hipster worship pastor. I know I do. That's, I understand that. What I'm saying is that's not my identity in Christ. That's just clothes. And I can worship the same in sweatpants. I can worship the same wearing whatever the heck I'm wearing. I worship the same butt naked in the shower by myself. So it's this imposter syndrome where we're comparing ourselves to all these other Christians thinking they got it together. And the ironic thing is they're, they may be, and you do it too, so don't even, but they're bragging about something like, oh yeah, my, my love with, you know, my relationship with Christ in this area is just uh, great in this area, in this area. And you're wishing like, man, I wish I just had that kind of relationship with God in that area. And sometimes they're being authentic. Sometimes they came through a real breakthrough. And how often do we find ourselves saying like, man, I wish I could just understand God in that way. Like, and we kind of disguise it as like, thank you for sharing that because, because I needed to hear that. But in reality, we're comparing ourselves saying like, man, I wish I could just have what they have going on right now. And honestly, we're just winging it. Yeah, we're all just winging it. Here's the crazy thing too. Sometimes people are like, I just come to the Lord broken in this area and I just need help because uh, I'm just struggling with this right now. And sometimes we get jealous of that. That we're, that we're not struggling with something. <laughs> or that we're not uh, able to be, I wish I could just be that open in that area. And truthfully, they're not even open either. They're sharing one little tip of the iceberg to try to justify their confession to their peers or whatever. But they have so much else they're struggling with. The deal is... Our relationship with Christ is individual to us. It's our walk. We are all given that same screen to filter our view of Christ through, and we're all doing this together. And it takes that open and honesty, but we have to realize like, it's not a comparison battle. The person who has been hanging out in a biker gang their whole life, who knows nothing but drugs, sex, and alcohol coming out of it, you know, trying to get their life straight. And the person who grew up in conservative Christian background, when they say yes to Christ, it's all the same. We're all in the same boat. Honestly, whenever, um, like, right when I had first got saved, I felt like I didn't have a testimony because I had never, quote, done anything bad. And I would tell my dad all the time, like, sometimes I wish that I had a former drug addiction and then I came through it and that was my testimony and God like showed that to me. And my dad would always be like, you don't want to have a former drug addiction. Like that is not your testimony. Like your testimony is the fact of, you know, what God has shown you through the things that you haven't done. And I used to get so jealous that people like come from these awful lives and then come and find God and Jesus rescued them and then they could go and share this wonderful story to people. But I realized, like, I don't want that. Sure. Something else that we get spiritual imposter syndrome over is other people's pulpits. That happens a lot. We see people like, uh, for you worship pastors out there, people like Phil Wickham or Hillsong, and you're like, man, they just get to or Bethel, like, they just get to minister to so many people. I just want to be like that. And so we model our entire, uh, forgive this term, but, like, worship career 
around those people and sounding like those people and acting like those people and dressing like those people to minister to people like they minister to people because obviously they got some kind of higher revelation from the lord than you did because they got some kind of i don't know because man elevates them higher on some pedestal they're closer to god than you bullcrap or if you have a heart to share i wish i could just be like uh joyce meyer meyer not myers joyce meyer not kroger's kroger there's not an S on everything. Sorry, personal pet peeve coming out. But we look at her, or we look at, maybe you look at the preacher of your local church or parish. Maybe you look at uh, your friend who runs a podcast. Maybe you look at us. I hope not. But maybe you look at us. I ain't got us. it all. I don't. Uh, and you're like, if I just had what they have going for them, if I just had what she had going for her, if I could just have this or have that, no, you have exactly what God has given you for the time and place that you're in. And God can completely expand your reach if that's his call for you. But he knows. He knows what he created you for. He knows your plan, your purpose, your heart. And he's given you the tools and the resources you need right there in that area you're in to do that. Sometimes I think if I could just move to such and such place, if I could, if we were just living in Northwest Arkansas, think of the local reach we could have. That's fine and dandy, but God didn't give me resources to live in, in, in Northwest Arkansas. He gave me resources to live in Central Arkansas. He didn't give me resources to move to, to, uh, Colorado or, uh, to Montana, which I would love to live in Montana because, nature and small populations i'm not a fan of cities at all but, i love city so compromise so we're in arkansas <laughs> he gave us the tools we needed to reach the area we're in now is that off the books for us in the future no but does that mean i need to be jealous of where they are or if i could have just did what they did or if i could have just done this or if i could have or if i could have or that no it doesn't matter that's not where I'm supposed to be. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Sure, I can be thinking that way. I can feel I'm supposed to be going that way. Whatever, that's fine and dandy. You can feel like you're supposed to be the next Joyce Meyer. You can feel like you're supposed to be the next Phil Wickham. That's cool, that's fine, and that's dandy. That's awesome. But don't impersonate them to try to rise to that because that's not who you are. You are created unique when they end purpose. up becoming an idol for the very thing that you should be worshiping. Like, you should be worshiping God, and then you're idolizing how somebody else worships God. Yeah, that's so true. And they end up becoming that very thing that you look to instead of Christ for your answer. You look to, well, what's Joyce preaching about this week? Or what's Phil's new song sound like? And they become this, you know, I mean, we have a whole show about it, American Idol, which died and came back again. <laughs> I'm over that show. Sorry, Which, guys. quick rant. Um, so, American Idol is bogus because, I don't know, I think it's a broken system because if you can't sing then and your friends and family encourage you to go to American Idol, they don't actually love you because you go through like um, two or three, five, I don't know how many auditions before you actually land the spot on TV in front of the famous judges and if you can't sing and you got through all of those auditions, they're just trying to make fun of you. So that's my rant. Why would you want to even try to be on American Idol? 
I don't know. That pants on the ground guy was pretty awesome. And William Hung, she banged. Okay, so honestly, pants on the ground needs to be my ringtone. You do not know what she means to me. I liked him. Anyway. He's like Comet Gold. He can be famous just like as a comedian. He knows he's not great. Well, he is famous. Exactly. For the wrong reasons. He still has more money than I do. Are you comparing yourself to (laughs) William Hung? Do you have spiritual imposter syndrome? (laughs) No. Tell me how you feel. How does that make you feel? Elaine? No, okay, but honestly, how I feel, this is why I question being a Christian sometimes because of the thing that we were talking about, idolizing how other people view God. <laughs> and now that's not actually what church is supposed to be. And if that's what a so-called Christian is, is trying to look and act and sound like everyone else and idolizing the way other people worship God then I don't want a part of it. Yeah. That goes back to the whole filters thing. We filter our opinions of Christ through so many other people's opinions. And, of course, seek good counseling. Seek people you trust. Talk, confess, you know, get with people. Have church, whether it be a big building, whether it be a group of friends in your house with a guitar and talking about Jesus. Have church. It's be biblical. the church. But be church, yeah. And do it together. And and all we're trying to say is let's be careful not to filter our opinions of Christ through what someone else is doing and not diminish our relationship with him based on someone else's struggles and successes. That just about wraps up this episode, guys. As always, you can find us on TheRecklessPursuit.com. We have a blog there. You can find all of our episodes dating back to 001 and all of their details. You can subscribe somewhere on this player you're listening to. And, uh, yeah, we'd appreciate it if you did that. Please come and ask to be a part of The Reckless Community. You can find the details for that below because we'd love to hear what you have to say. We are always welcoming more people into the conversation. And as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 30. I thought I was doing that. Go ahead. (coughs) I can't now. You go. What? (laughs) Really? I can't quit laughing.